thought that one decision, neat idea, 25 years ago, hey, let's build a theme park of dinosaurs so that families can bring their children and look at the pretty little dinosaurs. And we'll call it Jurassic Park. 25 years ago, remember that? Yeah. Who would have thought that it went from, look at the pretty dinosaurs, to run for your lives, you know? One decision, one decision to do something. They said, hey, well, let's, let's bring back the extinct dinosaurs. Genetically modify the order of things. They had no idea the mess that would be created. They had no idea the problems it would create. They had no clue where all of this would lead. In this next clip that you're getting ready to see, fast forward now, you're getting ready to look into a moment where they're at an auction and, and they've gathered all of these dinosaurs at the auction to sell them to the highest bidder as weapons and modern warfare. I'm like, what in the world? What have we done? And, and they've genetically modified the ultimate dinosaur, what they call the ultimate weapon, the biggest, baddest thing that has ever walked the face of the earth as far as terror and power to be used as a weapon. And they're going to auction it off. Check this out. The Indoraptor. <laughs> you have to laugh because that scares the crap out of you. I was like, what? Yeah. Who would have thought that, that it would come to a point where we have this machine of a dinosaur? Scary stuff. Now, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but you kind of know where this is going, right? I, I hope you know where this is going. If you don't, then you haven't been to many, many movies. This, this is going to go bad. So, spoiler, not so much, probably. This thing gets out. It gets out of the cage. And chaos ensues. It, it's everywhere. People running everywhere. There's more dinosaurs down in the basement. They get out. They're running everywhere. People get eaten. I mean, of course, it's a dinosaur movie. What do you expect? I mean, like, think they're going to hold hands and pray or something? Yes, people get eaten kind of thing. And so eventually they, they kind of get everything back together. They restore order. But a few of the dinosaurs get out. I mean, they, they solve the Indoraptor thing. They deal with him. But a few of the other dinosaurs kind of get out into civilization. Uh-oh, now we have a mess. Now, I don't know if they're going to make another one. I, I haven't looked that up. I don't know how many of these things are going to be. It may be like Rocky, where there's like 73 of them. <laughs> but it kind, of, it kind of sets it up that there's probably more coming. They were just at the beginning, at the end of the movie, beginning to realize the mess that has been created with this idea. And so this next clip, you will hear them kind of musing and thinking forward about where all of this would lead that they had no idea was coming. Check this out. Is it just me or does that last dinosaur sound like a dog with laryngitis? That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So this movie brings us to a truth, brings us to a principle, actually, that you already know. You say, well, why are we talking about it? Because we need to be reminded. I know this, you know this, we know this, we've experienced this, we watch others live this out, we have lived this out. 
But we need to come back to this time and time again because maybe you've never put it in these words. Maybe you've never spelled it out like this, like we're getting ready to talk about in the next few moments. But when we get away from this, when we allow this to get pushed to the back corners of our mind, we suffer the consequences. And here's the truth. Here's the principle. The decisions I make now will be bigger later. The decisions you make now will be bigger later. And I don't even know you, all of you. There are people watching online I've never met, and you don't know me, but it's true for you, it's true for me, it's true for all of us, and there are no exceptions, and all of us have to live by this reality. The decisions we make now will be bigger later. They had no idea where all that was going to lead when they decided, hey, let's do a theme park of dinosaurs. And you and I have no idea where our decisions ultimately lead. But it's always bigger later. The reason this is true and the reason we've experienced this is God has told us that's the way it works. It, it, it's, it's a people thing. It's a life thing. It's a it's a principle that applies to every part of our existence. And he has taught us this all the way back. We find this truth in the scriptures. So it's familiar with all of us and applies to all of us. In the first century, for example, Paul the apostle is writing to a group of Christians in the city of Galatia. It's a melting pot of religious influence and culture and experience. And oh, it's just quite an interesting place to live. And he's trying to help them understand some things. And he teaches them this. And God, as a result, helps us understand this truth. And this is what Paul writes. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. Now, back then in the first century was an agriculturally driven society. They knew exactly what he meant. The analogies immediately hit home. And they were like, oh yeah, you're telling me. See, for us, we're much more of a technologically driven society. Not many of us are farmers, very few of us in here, have that experience on a day-to-day -day life, but we know this is true. In another translation, in several of the older translations, this is translated in, in such a way that it's almost become a catchphrase that Christians, non-Christians alike are familiar with. And when I say it, immediately you will go, yes. And so in other translations, it's like God will not be mocked. Not just you will harvest what you plant, but it's translated, you will reap what you sow. You will always reap what you sow. Oh, yes. Now, immediately, some of you are going, oh, yeah, you're telling me, man. You're telling me I have reaped what I have sown. But maybe there's others of you going, I don't know about that, preacher. I don't know. Because my brother ain't reaping what he sowed. My neighbor, he ain't reaping what he sowed. That girl I work with down at the office, she's definitely not reaping what she sowed. Yeah, <laughs> had a moment. It's good. It's great. Just felt that deeply over there. The Lord is working right over in there. Yeah. I don't know. They're not reaping what they're sowing. Or maybe you look in the mirror and go, well, I haven't reaped what I've sown because no one knows what I've done yet. 
Well, just give it time. Just give it time. See, that's why he said God will not be mocked. God's not going to be made a fool of. This is not just a, a life law. It's a relationship law. It's a law of finance. It's a law of, of your jobs. It's a law of health. It's just a law of existence. You will reap what you sow. You always harvest what you plant. No one gets an exemption from this. Not only do you reap what you sow, the truth is you reap more than you sow. Always. It's a natural law. It's the way it works. Farmers know this. Well, we know this. You plant one seed, and from one seed comes a plant that produces fruit with many more seeds, but all from one seed. It's always bigger, bigger later, and it's true for your decisions as well. Paul goes on to write, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to unpack this because there's a lot in this next part. I just want to read it to you so that you can see that he, he's trying to help them understand both from the negative side and the positive side that your decisions will either get worse later or get better later. And this is what he says. He says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, people who do whatever the heck they want to do, will harvest, they will reap, look at this, decay and death from that sinful nature. That's negative. But those who live to please the Spirit, who live to honor God, will harvest, they will reap everlasting life from the Spirit. Do you see that? It's always bigger later. It doesn't get much bigger than death and decay and everlasting life. So either on the negative side or on the positive side, your decisions I make and the decisions you make now will be bigger later. But see, you know this, right? You've had this experience. We, we know this is true. Because we've all had the experience in our lives of that one thing, that one thing that seemed small, seemed insignificant, seemed, ah, it's not that big of a deal, really, and it became so much more, and it went so much further than we ever imagined. Because you hear the conversation, right? You hear the story. We've all heard the stories. As a matter of fact, we've told the stories. I don't know what happened. It was, it was just one night. It was just supposed to be one night, one one. Just one night. One time. It was just one time. I, I swear. It was, I mean, what's the harm in one time? It was just one drink. It was just one. But see, doesn't it always start with one drink? Yeah. It was just one party. I mean, how harmless is that? I mean, it's just, of course. I mean, I, I work so hard and, of course, it's just one party. I, I'm sure I deserve a little fun. Oh, it's just one credit card purchase. What's the big deal? Just one credit card purchase. Yeah, it's kind of big, but it's just one. It's only, I mean, I wasn't going to make a habit of it. I wasn't going to use it twice. It was just one credit card purchase. It was just one relationship. Okay, it's just one guy. I, okay, just one guy. It's not like I'm going to marry him. It was just one girl. I mean, we were just having a little fun. It's just one. You know, it was just one conversation. <laughs> or it's just, it was just one comment. <laughs> Y'all had that moment, right? I just said one thing. Hey, husbands, you feeling that? Right? I just said one thing. And then the whole night, shot. Gone. Yeah? I kept doing that when our girls are teenagers when they were you know, both at home. 
you know, I'd say something and it, it wouldn't go well. And, and I'd look at Donna and I'd say, I just said one thing. She said, yeah, that's all it took. <laughs> Vacation's over. Let's go home. You, you see what I'm saying? It, it's like, wow, just that one. Just, it always goes further. And it gets us to a point, and we've all said this and we've all felt this. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known. I wish, had I only known where this was going to lead, had I only known what was going to happen next, I would have never. You fill in the blank. Sometimes, though, it's a series of decisions. A series of small decisions, mundane decisions, boring decisions, decisions that go under the radar that nobody really pays attention to that in time, this principle will apply to every single time. See, because your health situation it has nothing to do really with what you had for lunch yesterday. No, unless you had a really bad burrito, then that'll mess you up, sure. But <laughs> we've had that in a moment. But it's really about what you had for lunch two days ago, and then the day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that, and what you've been eating for lunch for the last months and years. And so no wonder you're in a situation. I know there's other reasons for people deal with health problems. Of course, I'm not just lumping it all together, but it makes its point. Wouldn't it be nice if you could fix bad health with one good lunch? Well, it doesn't matter. I'll eat good tomorrow. Fixed. <laughs> we can all choke down a twig one time. Yeah. No, see, it's sometimes it's a series of decisions that you stay up too late, you stay up too late, you stay up too late, and you got to get up the next day because you have to work and you have to do life, and so you get little sleep, little sleep, little sleep, and it's not one weekend, and it's not just one evening, and it's a habit, and then you turn around and you are so sleep deprived you can't function. Or, or it's like in your class. Remember the class where you just blew off the weekly quizzes? That's ah, just a quiz, just a quiz, just a quiz, just a quiz, because you were banking on the fact that you were going to nail the final. Oh, not, not a good idea. It's always bigger. It adds up the habits, the behaviors. And I know you're probably thinking, because I feel it. It's in the room. I can feel it in my own life. Man, that's a lot of pressure, dude. That's a lot of pressure. That the decisions we make now be bigger later. Well, you can look at it like that, or you can choose to look at it as just the reality of responsibility. Yeah, there's that R word again. Responsibility. This is why parents, by the way, and then, and then we'll go to the second side of this because there's a, there's a better side, by the way. But this is why parents of teenagers have their own version of something that they say to their kids right before their kids leave and go out the door. And it's some version of, don't be stupid! <laughs> right? That's why every parent has their version of that statement. And in our family... It, you know, the phrase, and, and mostly said by my wife, Donna, was make wise choices as they're going out the door. You know, make wise choices, make wise choices. I'm sure our girls were so sick of hearing that. You know, make wise choices, make wise choices. Your parents, do you know why we say that? By the way, if you're a middle school or high school student, I'm getting ready to help you out here. Do you know why as parents say stuff like that? Because we know that when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, you have the ability to make choices. And one night, in one weekend, on one date, in one party, you fill in the blank. In one moment, that will forever alter the rest of your life. You say, well, what about forgiveness? Yes, that's there, but consequences are consequences. And so we say, that's basically as parents, we're saying, hey, the decisions you make now will be bigger 
later. But fortunately, it doesn't end there. Fortunately, there's a positive side to this. Fortunately, I don't just say, okay, well, that's it. Have a nice day. Good luck. Right? Thankfully, there's a positive side to this principle as well. It works just as great on the positive side. Most of the time when you hear somebody say, you're going to reap what you sow, it's negative. Or man, I reap what I sow, it's negative, isn't it? Unfortunately, we almost always use it on the negative side. But it's just as true on the positive side. Because Paul continues to write. He says, you'll always harvest what you plant. He gives a couple of examples of how it can go bad negatively and go good positively. And then he says this. So... Let's not get tired of doing what's good. I love that. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Why? Because at just the right time, and some of you have been waiting for the right time, it'll come. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't, stop doing what is good. Stop doing what is right. Stop doing what is wise and go back to doing what is unwise and foolish. Because here's the the deal. Either way, you will reap what you sow. You will harvest whatever you plant and put into the ground and the soil of your life. It's going to come back. It'll come back even more than you anticipated. But thankfully, it'll work in your favor if you're making good decisions, if you're making wise choices, and if you don't give up, and if you don't quit. I wonder how many of us have quit making wise choices right on the verge of reaping, right on the verge of the harvest, right on the verge of it paying huge. We give up. That's why. This is why. Again, it's a financial principle. That's why the budget, even though boring, because let's face it, budgets are boring. No. But that's why stick with the budget. Stick with the budget. Stick with the budget. Because eventually, eventually, right? Now, I'm not saying things won't happen outside the budget. Happened in my house this week. Replace the roof. Because it's leaking, right? Who plans for that? It happens. It happened in your place too. But if you stick to the budget, stick to the budget. Keep saving, keep saving, keep saving. Keep saving. Well, I'm I'm keep saving and what's going to happen? I don't know. Something will. But if you keep saving, it pays off in the end. It's a financial principle, but it's a relationship principle. It's a job principle. It applies to every single part of life. Keep saying no to the impulse. Keep saying no to the impulse that no one else knows you have, that no one else knows that you're dealing with. You keep saying no to that impulse long enough, it'll pay off. And isn't it often impulses that get us into trouble? Eat that now. Eat two now. Go for another one. Say that. Buy that. Go there, do that. It's just like if you could just resist the impulse, resist the impulse, and keep resisting impulse. Well, that's no fun. Not until you reap. And then when you reap the blessing, when you reap the harvest of good things because you said no to the impulses, then, well, that's a lot of fun. It works on the positive side. One act of kindness. After one act of kindness followed by another act of kindness. Even though nobody has shined the spotlight on your kindness, even though nobody is applauding you, even though nobody recognizes, even though nobody sees, continual acts of kindness. Who knows what God could do with all of that? His promise is, you will reap all those acts of kindness, and it will be far greater than those acts of kindness 
in and of themselves. So keep being kind. Keep seeking wise counsel. Keep seeking, keep, keep, keeping. keep seeking wise advice because it'll come back. Continue to be disciplined with those healthy, boring decisions. But, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And some of you, you're sitting there going, man, when am I going to get mine? Because I keep making wise decisions and I ain't got anything yet. I and you're on the verge of quitting. You're on the verge of saying, well, why don't I just go have some fun like everybody else? Because it doesn't seem to bother them. They get everything they want and they do all that. I'm following the rules and it's not paying off. Wait, 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 wait. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because it will pay off. It will pay off. That is not my rule. That's the way God set it up. And he said, God will not be mocked. Nobody's going to make a fool of God. He will have the last say. And this is the way it works. Remember on the negative side, we said we've all had the experiences where our negative decisions have been bigger later and we look back and go, oh, I wish I'd only known. Had I only known. On the positive side, if you make wise choices, it's going to be bigger than you can imagine. And you'll find yourself with the opposite. You'll find yourself with this thought. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I kept doing the boring, mundane things over and over and over again because it pays off so big. Now, I'm so glad I made that decision that no one knew about, that was not you know, put up in lights and, and nobody applauded me for and nobody patted me on the back for. But I'm so glad I did now. Looking back, I'm so glad. So glad. Because the decisions you make now will be bigger later, always, always, always. Immediately, in my mind, I think of two things in my, in li- in my own life. One of them was a decision, and others are, have been kind of like a series of decisions that I, I've seen to be much, much bigger later. And the single decision was the decision I made of where to go to college. I had multiple opportunities to go several different places, and out of a favor to my mom... I chose to go to the college that I went to out of a favor to my mom. I say that because I, I went there reluctantly, had a plan B in mind of where I would transfer to the second semester kind of thing. And I'm so glad I took my mom's wise counsel. It was a very painful time of life for my family. Everything was kind of up in the air. And she said, just give it a shot. So I did. I look back on that one decision You see, in the six months after I went there, that first semester, God radically changed my heart in ways that you don't have time to hear about. The work God did in me just ruined me in all the right kinds of ways. And I've never been the same. And I met my wife there the next year at that college. She wouldn't, I mean, if I had gone to another college, it wouldn't have met her. I'm like, I'd be a sad pitiful, aging man. (laughs) Just, wow. All because of the college. You see, I look back and go, yep, yep, I'm so glad I did. You tell me, that's not reaping. Yeah. And then there's a series of decisions that I'm reaping more and more of the positive benefits than than ever before. Uh, This coming July, like starting tomorrow, is the month where my wife and I celebrate 25 years of being married. And we're so excited. I mean, it's a big milestone, 25 years. And And it's better than ever. And we get here. We get to 25 years because of a lot of decisions along the way to not give up, to not quit, to not give up. Because there's been many opportunities my wife has had to pack it up and hit the road because it ain't easy being married to me. 
I wouldn't do it. (laughs) But every time we've said, I forgive you. You know what? That's on me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yes, I'll go to counseling. Yes, I'll get some help. Yes, I'm going to learn. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to go to this seminar. I'm going to do whatever. You know, yes, we'll try again. Yes, all of those decisions. Man, God is 25 years down the road. Like, are you kidding me? So worth it. So glad I did. Some of you are on the verge of reaping incredible things if you don't give See, you're on a dis- you're, you have a decision in front of you right now, and I don't know what the decision is, but you do. I don't know what's facing you right now, but, but you do. And it may be a financial decision, or a job decision, or a health decision, or a relationship decision, and you're on the verge of it. Some of you may even be convincing yourself, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's really, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You have no idea where this is going to lead because every decision leads to another decision, which leads to another one, which leads to another one. And down the road, it's always bigger, always bigger later. Not about pressure. It's about responsibility. It's about understanding and submitting to this this principle that God set into motion. And whether you submit to it or not, it's going to happen to you. God will not be mocked. You are not the exception. Well, it's not that big of a deal. So you're in the verge. You're, you're, You're in the verge. You have a decision in front of you. Do not minimize the impact of this decision. Because, because you might be thinking, well, it's just, it's just a divorce. People do it all the time. Everybody will be fine. In time, it'll all be fine. Oh, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Well, you know, it's, it's, just, one, it's, just, it's just one job. It's just, just, it's just one weekend. Oh, it's, just, it's just one week. It's just... It'll pass. It'll be over soon. I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, no, I probably shouldn't. Yeah, no, I probably should make. Yeah, but okay. No, be careful. Be careful. Imagine life as a straight line. Let me give you a picture. If life is like a straight line and your decisions, even the tiniest decisions, alter just the slightest bit the direction of your life, just even one degree. Let's say you have a decision in front of you. It's not a life-altering decision. It's a one-degree decision. And you're thinking, that means it's not that big of a deal. However, when you play that out, that one degree, and you keep it, you draw a straight line from that decision, and at the end of your life, it will have made a huge difference. Yeah, it's so much bigger. And we think it is. But that could work in your favor. You thought it was, oh, I didn't know it was that big of a deal. But look what God has done through it. I didn't know anyone saw. I didn't know anyone was paying attention. But God is keeping score. And it's his principle. So he will bless you far beyond anything you can imagine. Just think of the decision to put your trust in Jesus Christ and follow him. It just seems like a small decision in a moment. I mean, we know it's big, but we have no idea how big it is in the scope of eternity. Eternity, eternity, eternity. See how big? That's big. It just echoes forever. Henry Cloud, fantastic author, counselor, he says it like this. He says, you need to learn to play the end of the movie. When you have a decision in front of you, this is gold. This is so good. I wish I'd have thought of it. It's brilliant. 
He said, look at the decision you have in front of you and play the end of the movie. Now, obviously, we have absolutely no idea, no guarantee of how things are going to work out ever. We don't have control. However, if you look at certain decisions, you could probably play out where this is going to go. So take the time to not act impulsively, but to act thoughtfully and think, where's this going to go? What's the ultimate outcome of this going to be? And is that what I want? You will not be the exception. Yeah, for most people, yeah, and for you too, you will not be the exception. God will not be mocked. Play the end of the movie. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Fantastic business book, life book. You got to read it. One of his habits, begin with the end in mind. Same thing. Begin with the end in mind. Before you begin, kind of envision the end of the movie. Envision where this is going to go. Envision where this could lead. And I know you think you're the exception, but you're not. You won't be. Don't gamble. And then all the way back in the first century, God said it. Through Paul's writing, you will always harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. The decisions that you're making right now will be bigger later. May they be wise decisions. May they be good decisions. Don't stop doing what is good. Don't give up, even on the small mundane things. And may we be careful to not make decisions that create dinosaurs in our lives that come back and eat us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this principle of life, of existence that applies to every part of life. And we thank you for letting us know about it. We experience it. Even people who don't know this is in the Bible experience it. But it's great to know that this is something that you told us is true. So we can look to you for help with it. And I know there are people in this room and watching online. We've all reaped the negative harvest of poor choices. May we begin today making wise investments into our future, knowing we're going to reap what we sow. Making wise choices to help us not stop doing what is good. And there are those that are on the verge of quitting doing what is good, of tapping out on what is good and wise because they haven't reaped the benefits yet. Help them not to quit. Help them not to give up, to hang in there because you're the one that brings the harvest. You're the one that brings the blessing and only heaven will reveal just how big the payout will ultimately be. So help us to live this principle out in all of the best kinds of ways and be cautious on the other side of things that we don't make unwise choices that hurt us and those we love. We need your help and we look to you for help in Jesus' name. Amen.